Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ask OTC, the show where we answer all of your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dotton Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jonathan Johnson. Gents, this is from Piers, who says, how important is it for Kylian Mbappe to move to Real Madrid in the summer? And what will happen to him if the move falls through? JJ. Interesting. Um, I feel that Kylian Mbappe's future probably depends on how deep a run PSG can potentially go on in the Champions League this season. I think there have been encouraging signs so far under Luis Enrique with this sort of uh, overhaul of PSG's squad, but more importantly, sort of the Frenchification uh, of the group, if you like, with an influx of a a number of um, Kylian Mbappe's international teammates coming in. But, uh, you know, the big question remains whether, you know, he is the, you know, whether he needs to go to Real Madrid to to sort of further himself. But it comes at a really crucial moment because it's not just a question sort of for for Kylian Mbappe and, and for PSG. It's also a question for French domestic football as a whole as well. It comes at a time when they're looking to renew the domestic and international rights, which Mbappe is by far and away uh, sort of the, the main figurehead for. Um, and also it comes at a time when, you know, Kylian Mbappe's goal scoring record is such that he's now actually not that far away from setting records that may well never be broken in future in France if he was to stay on for a year or two more. Uh, he's also got the Olympic Games, which he's presumably going to be part of uh, coming up in the, the summer of 2024 as well. So, you know, there is a lot um, to, to sort of 
con- you know to contend with when you when you talk about you know Real Madrid uh, and a move for Kylian Mbappe being a being a no-brainer. But equally at the same time, if this chance passes Mbappe by and Real Madrid by, uh, you know, are we going to see them come back uh, again at any point in the future? I think he has to go. Um, I, I can understand the arguments for him uh, staying in France and the importance for um, Ligue 1 in general, but I think it, it has to be the time for him to go, for him to discover something else, to stretch himself in a different way. And I think what we've seen in, in, in recent weeks, and actually something that really came out of the, the second half of PSG's game with Newcastle in the Champions League where... You know, it was almost like a training exercise in the end, wasn't it? Just played exclusively in one half of the pitch. The fact that Mbappe looked great at centre-forward. And there's been all this discussion over, oh, but doesn't he need to play on the left? Isn't that the same spot as Vinicius? And I think if you talk to top coaches nowadays, they will tell you, I was talking to Xabi Alonso about this recently, actually. He's like, it's, it's not about formation. It's about exploiting the spaces that open up during the game. And the fact that Mbappe could start in the middle and drift off left or drift off right. And actually, because Luis Enrique doesn't need a target man centre-forward to play, he's fine at centre-forward there. And, you know, playing it with a target man centre-forward is not something that is going to last beyond this season for, for, for Real Madrid, by the way. So I think we tend to think of Mbappe as like the finished article. And in some ways, he is. However, he's clearly learning some new stuff of Luis Enrique. And I think he's more of a viable centre forward now than he has been at any point during his career. And maybe he's starting to, to realise that as well. The other thing is, with the shopping that they did in the summer, with PSG bringing in um, Colomuani, Gonzalo Ramos and uh, Usman Dembele, who's been low-key very good so far, by the way they've got a front three to go into next season already. Now, that doesn't mean they don't buy anyone else or, you know, there's no replacement if Mbappe goes or, or, or anything like that. But at the moment, with Mbappe there, they're struggling to find the balance. And maybe it'll come in January or February, but they're struggling to find the balance in that front three and in the attacking part of the team. I think those three could work really well together without Mbappe. Maybe we'll see. But what about Real Madrid? If Mbappe, as you're saying, is comfortable being centre forward, does that make him more appealing to Real Madrid? Because yeah. the question says... If he fits better. He fits better. He fits better if, if it's a centre forward. And a lot of people's discourse has been, oh, but he can't play at centre forward. Well, he can. He can. And he's proving more and more in recent weeks that, that he can. And maybe that is where his future is. After all, but of course, the fact that we've got so many different attacking players, Real Madrid, and you look at Rodrigo and the different roles that he he fills, it can be amorphous as well. That's the important thing. But if the deal falls through, JJ, where is Kylian Mbappe? I mean, I don't see Kylian Mbappe going anywhere other than Real Madrid. We know that there's always been sort of the occasional flare-up of rumours linking him with the likes of Liverpool. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Premier League, uh, a Premier League club looking at him to, to try and bring him in. But really, I think leaving PSG for Kylian Mbappe, given the amount of importance that's been placed on it in the last couple of years, it only really makes sense if it's to go to Real Madrid. Uh, And like Andy established, you know, there is also sort of a ready-made place in the team for him there. Whereas, uh, you know, I think it would be 
you know, a much different, uh, you know, a, a much changed kind of project and vision for his future, uh, you know, if he were to end up in the Premier League. So for me, it's, yeah, I think it has to be Real Madrid or stay with PSG. But we've seen this situation play out before. I'm not sure that I can see it having the same ending twice. And I, I, I don't place much emphasis in all these reports about, you know, what Real Madrid is thinking or what Kylian Mbappe is thinking. But apparently it was reported this week that Real Madrid have set a deadline of 15th of January to agree terms of Mbappe. Why they would set a deadline? That will change is, and change again. I'm sure because they can't start, officially start, legitimately start maybe even, can't start negotiations with Mbappe until January the 1st. So that gives them two weeks. A fortnight uh, to consider your future. This from Takim. How important is it for League and for League and sides to perform well in Europe this season, given the potential jeopardy of losing a Champions League spot for next season? JJ, uh, huge, uh, and I think it's started pretty well uh, overall. Yes, uh, you know there's been the unfortunate blowout for Lens uh, away at Arsenal. PSG haven't quite been as convincing as many people expected them but sort of on the whole certainly when you sort of dig into Europa League form uh, and Europa Conference League form it's been good for France so far uh, and they've made up the the gap and overtaken the Netherlands so taken back a place in the top five uh, which they had lost coming into this season so it is crucial it remains crucial but it's um you know, it's it's starting to look good for the first time in, in quite a while for French clubs on the continental scene. So fingers crossed uh, that continues and we don't see anyone dropping out of, uh, out of Europe entirely. The one thing that I would say has been really fascinating to watch this season on this topic is some of the matchups, the direct matchups between French clubs and Dutch clubs. You know, Lens uh, PSV was was quite close, certainly in, uh, in northern France. Uh, and then Marseille-Ajax had two brilliant legs, despite the difficulties mm. both teams have been going through this season uh, you know those played out phenomenally well uh, and obviously being interested in what's going on in France and having Villa in the group against RZ Alkmaar have been sort of quietly enjoying Villa's performances against the the Eredivisie side as well there. There you go exclusively revealed on OTC Jonathan Johnson's been lobbing his hot balls in the UEFA pot. It nice. Always it's, it's, it's worked out perfectly for him. You know what? I, I think the, the, the Dutch bit is really interesting because we can talk about how PSG do in the Champions League and we always focus on that, understandably. But JJ is absolutely right to say what the Netherlands have been able to do in the Europa League and particularly the Conference League in the last couple of seasons are really important. You look at AZ last season, you look at Feyenoord the last two seasons. Those are really important. All those points count. And in terms of coefficient, wins and draws in the Europa League and Conference League count exactly the same to your coefficient as Champions League ones do. It's not seeded or tiered or whatever. So it's, it's a sort of, I guess, a sore point in countries like Portugal and to a lesser extent France at the moment where you feel that, you know, the Netherlands, for example, have, have, have come up hard and fast off doing well out of those those competitions. So the fact that Marseille, Rennes, Toulouse and Lens could all get in the back end of the Europa League. I mean, Lens only need a point from that home game against Sevilla this coming week and the form Sevilla in. I mean, Lens have to be hot favourites to get that, never mind the fact that it's a formidable place for, for Sevilla to go to anyway. it's um, The atmosphere there is incredible. This could be really, really good for, for French football because 
that has been one of the problems. The lack of ability to get good results deep in the Europa League. And that's something that could could change. They've already contributed a lot to these group stages. You know, we think of um, the Toulouse games as well. If they can get there instead of Union Saint-Gilles, it's, it's a huge step for France. Yeah, this, I like this question, actually, from Mikey. And I have wondered this myself, by the way, Mikey. Will Nice stay competitive once Sir Jim Ratcliffe gets his feet under the desk at Man United? Uh, they're currently second in Ligue 1, four points behind PSG. But they, if they're losing their, um, I suppose, spiritual guru in Sir Jim Ratcliffe, or at least dividing him, dividing his time with Manchester United... Well, you know which is the more important are consideration. Calling, are you calling Sir Jim Ratcliffe spiritual? Yes. It's, it's was, a point of view. Yeah, I was... <laughs> what can I say? He's a guru. He's a guru. Will you accept that? He's a man. I He's will accept man. that. Yeah. Well, gurus generally are men or women. I mean, it, it is very difficult to sort of paint um, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's uh, proposed entry into Manchester United in a positive way for Nice. But the thing that I like about the question is it kind of alludes to potential success under Jim Ratcliffe for Nice, which actually has been pretty inexistent the whole time that Ineos have been in power in Nice, with the exception of a Coupe de France final and this run at the moment under Farioli, where they're looking very good and were unbeaten until that uh, the Nantes game last week. I mean, I, I do think that uh, Sir Jim will take probably the the best elements of the the Ineos setup uh, at Nice. So I think you can expect to see Jean Claude Blanc, who has elite club experience from PSG and Juventus, probably go to to Old Trafford. Whether that's a long term appointment or short term, we'll have to wait and see. But long term, in terms of Ineos's ownership of Nice. I don't see it lasting that much longer because Nice look good for European qualification at this moment in time, which would potentially be problematic if there is that pathway to majority ownership for, for Sir Jim Ratcliffe, which you'd have to assume is part of the, the deal that will ultimately see him initially go in on a minority stake. So it's going to get tricky pretty quickly. We've seen it happen with Redbird, uh, who you know had Toulouse and Milan both going into Europe at the same time. Uh, under their majority ownership, uh, and I think it, you know, the the waters will be fairly murky uh, with regards to that. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Nice, you know, potentially under new ownership at some point in the future, perhaps not immediately, but certainly, um, you know, perhaps shopped around the same way that Toulouse are, are being now. I guess that's it, isn't it? That sort of conscious uncoupling could be down the line, like we've seen with Toulouse and Milan, as JJ says, or Leipzig and, and, and Salzburg. I, I guess the interesting thing is, Nice have been really good this season as Sir Jim Ratcliffe has set them up to be less dependent on him and him to be less involved. I think you look at the fact that, you know, they brought in this new highfalutin um, sporting management under, um, well, from Lance, basically. You know, they, they, they took uh, Florent Gisolfi, the sporting director, a few of his chief scouts. And then when they got there, they, f they found, they thought they had a colour brochure and they had a black and white one. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, all this money that we said you had to spend. Yeah, you don't have that to spend. And they've, they've consciously downscaled. So obviously Manchester United has been on the cards for a while. But what this downscaling has mean, meant is that they've given a chance to Fadioli, as, as JJ has said. So... 
them not going out and spending a lot of money, them living on more limited means, them becoming deprioritized has maybe helped them become a tighter, better run sporting operation. I realize we're only about a third into the season so far. But I think the idea that they would be, as JJ alluded to there, the idea that they'd be worse off with less Sir Jim Ratcliffe slash Ineos involvement, I don't think completely holds. I think they'll be fine without him. The other other thing that I would add here as well is that this isn't the first time that Sir Jim Ratcliffe has been linked with, you know, going to a Premier League club. He was, Mm. you know, he threw his hat in the ring for Chelsea, he threw his hat in the ring for a, a slice of Liverpool as well. That really annoyed the the Nice fan base. So, you know, I think there came a moment when the Manchester United rumours surfaced and they were like, you know, how many more times is this going to happen? And as Andy said, it was a very public sort of walking back of what used to be quite ambitious objectives. You know, the club leadership basically came out and said, yeah, you know, that project we talked about to challenge PSG at the, the summit of French football in the future, that's gone. Uh, basically, we'll just be happy to continue to qualify for Europe. Uh, you know, that is a massive statement of non-intent. Uh, you know, I I think Nice fans will feel cautiously optimistic for the future, the less Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos have to do with the club. Yeah, really good question. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Now, this from Peter, Do <laughs> this might take some time, actually, to answer. I can imagine from both of you. Do Barcelona have the money to make João Felix loan permanent? If not, as Atletico Madrid clearly don't want him back, where will he go come the summer? Well, this idea has come straight off the back. But I guess Peter has come fresh off watching João Felix score the winner for Barcelona against Atletico Madrid. And um, while he scored with his right foot, he was using his right hand to 
uh, hold some gasoline and he's left to hold a torch and he was burning every bridge in sight. Um, <laughs> I mean, poet. you the, didn't even know. It. Yeah. The, the, I think the, the, the way that he behaved uh, in the lead up to this in saying, Oh, well, I, I far prefer the style at Barcelona. Um, and then the way he behaved during the game, which really put some of his teammates out and, you know, I think he's, he's allowed to celebrate the goal. It's, it's, it's fine. Although, you know, do bear in mind that you're contracted still to Atletico Madrid for a number of years. Remember, he signed that contract extension before he left to protect their investment. Um, the, the fact that you had um, one of his, well, I guess, erstwhile teammates, Juanma Jimenez, uh, offering to fight him during the game. Uh, a couple of them getting booked for scything him down. Um uh, Marcos Llorente, who's one of the, I guess, milder temperaments in the dressing room, say afterwards, I don't really care how he celebrates his goals. He can do what he likes. Um, and the fact so is... we not going back. <laughs> but, we, but we know all along that Atletico want 70 million euros for him. Mm. And the fact that he's playing pretty well this season, particularly in Europe, even if the numbers could be a bit better. You know, I think if you look at their most interesting sides, they that they can put out, that Xavi can put out, they all have Joao Felix in them. I think he's been very interesting and he's rehabilitated his reputation, rehabilitated his reputation to a certain point. However, if I asked you the question, have Barcelona got that 70 million? I think I know what your answer is. Of course, there's going to be room for negotiation, but I think it's not a done deal at all. And I think if you know it's not a done deal and you know you might have to go back and do the old walk of shame, I behave with a little bit of contrition. I, it's, it's fine that he's that sort of footballer and that sort of player who's like chest out, I'm going to do this, you know, in the tradition of great Portuguese football personalities. But on the other hand, if you're still contracted to Atletico Madrid, come on, show a little bit of respect, especially if you need their goodwill to get the transfer that you want. I mean, I know what they're going to be trying to do next summer. They're going to be trying to sell him to a Saudi club. That that sound that you can hear is Barcelona picking up the phone to call the bank to ask about their overdraft <laughs> facilities, which they've done, you know, on a number of occasions in the last couple of years. But I mean, the other thing to bear in mind is I think quite a few of those players that Barcelona spent big on when we were all asking sort of where the money, you know, was coming from and how they were able to do it could already find themselves, you know, potentially, uh, you know, on the move. You know, we've got sort of this discussion around Rafinha, whether he's already sort of, uh, you know, worn out his welcome uh, in Catalonia and whether he might be sort of on the move, possibly could be even included in a potential swap deal, whether Atletico Madrid would go for that or not. You know, I guess we'd have to see if that ever becomes a, uh, a possibility. But uh, no, I mean... I completely agree with Andy. I don't. I don't think Barcelona do have the money, and I don't think they will have the money, uh, sort of next summer for for some for a big outlay like that. Uh, you know, and I think they will have to get creative because I can see a number of big name players at Barcelona, sort of the non uh, essential, non uh, uh, indispensable players uh, in Xavi in Xavi's setup. Um, you know, potentially being flogged. They would love to. I think that's always been the problem. They would love to. But how do they get those players to leave? And, you know, there's been so much discussion of is Lewandowski a, le a dead weight this season? You know, again, how do you shift a contract like that? They've, they've got all but the these... answers, yes, to the question. To, to which question? The dead weight one? Uh, yeah, they've, 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 got, they've got loads of them, I, I, I think. And it's a huge problem. Although what JJ was opening up there about the idea 
of a swap with Rafi. I think Rafi knew it would be brilliant for Atletico. Mm. He's, he's not just very talented, of course. He's, he's that kind of street baller guy that would really suit Simeone. It's not going to be great if uh, Jav Felix goes to Saudi Arabia. Do, do you think he would accept that? Do you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's the, the least, it might be the least worst option. I mean, for him, look, really? I, I, I think he's, he's shown the whole way that he wants to make this Barcelona move happen. But what I'm saying is it's far from a formality. There must be other possibilities, other equations. At this final question from Victoria, is Leon's potential... Oh, you must tell us about this. Andy, you must tell us about this. Is Leon's, do I have to? You do have to. <laughs> is Leon's potential Taylor Swift concert stroke playoff clash likely? Please say yes. And where else could they play if I there mean, is a clash? This is this story came out this week that um, Leon, if they end up in the 16th place and the relegation playoff, um, they will not be able to play the home leg at the Group Armour Stadium because Taylor Swift is playing there that night, which is the most Leon this season thing ever. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's one up from Monster Trucks. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that, that's the plus. Um, I mean, are we not being a bit optimistic for Leon's chances of actually being yes, in a playoff? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like 16th at the moment. Uh, we're, we're just talking just off the back of them having lost 3-0 at Marseille and having been totally outclassed uh, this this week. We don't know who the next coach is going to be or if they're going to stick with Pierre Sage, uh, the academy director who's who's looking after the team at, at, at the moment. I think the first question has to be, can Taylor Swift play centre-back? That, that that would she can play anything she likes. Oh, I'll tell you what the the Leon situation is making O'Brien look world class at the moment. <laughs> that that is, that is the thing, really, isn't it? I mean, look, Marseille were made to look like Pep Guardiola era Barcelona on 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 Wednesday night. It was like I said to I said to Pete on Ramble Reacts watching Leon this week was a little bit like watching Mike Ashley era Newcastle. You know, uh, the, the thing is, there, 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 there is talent there, but they need reinforcements big time. You have to ask, can the current sporting directorship get the right players in? That's, that's really got to be the question because the players they brought in this summer, and of course they had limited funds, that's be creative, et cetera, et cetera. The players they brought in so far, with the exception of Ernest Nuama, who could grow into something, just aren't good enough. And and that is a huge difficulty for them. So at least two midfielders uh, this winter. And hopefully, Juninho, who was the sporting director, of course, and is, is now being brought in as a, a special advisor to John Textor. Presumably, his first bit of advice would be just run. I, I think if he can use some of his connections, that will be interesting because, of course, he persuaded both Lucas Pacatar and Bruno Guimaraes to come to the club. And they played well for the club and earned the club a lot of money. Now, would they come to a team that's glued to the bottom of Liga? That's the, that's the question. And that really limits the market. Basically, if you want a hope of the playoff, and if you want the possibility of clashing with Swifty, <laughs> firstly, appoint a coach. And secondly, get busy and do it right in the transfer market. Because otherwise, they're finishing bottom. I mean, JJ? I think... Yeah, Shifty I mean, the, all, all the playoffs. Sorry, I had to ask. 
I'm going to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be, to be honest, I don't think there's going to be a, I don't think there's going to be a clash uh, to to be had at this moment in time. I mean, Leon is six points off of safety. I know that they've just finally gotten the green light from the the DNCG uh, French football's financial watchdog to to potentially go out and spend. Uh, you know, this uh, this January, they do still have um, you know the Nuama uh, transfer being looked into, which who knows you know, could potentially bring some ramifications in terms of uh, points. But the the bottom line, as, as Andy said, is, you know, this is a team without a coach, uh, you know, without uh, sort of a real discernible style of play and without, you know, any sort of positive momentum or direction. And yes, although we're looking at, you know, them potentially having the second half of the season to turn it around, you know, that gap is getting, you know, bigger. Uh, at this moment in time, and they have suffered some very sobering, uh, you know, defeats uh, in recent weeks. So it's not a happy place to be at all. I mean, you just had to hear some of the stories from Fabio Grosso's dismissal, you know, as I'm sure, you know, Andy, uh, you know, was was sort of reading through, uh, you know, through his fingers in, in terms of like cringing at just how bad the situation got where Grosso was, was basically being dismissed within earshot of the players uh, after he basically demanded that, that he was dismissed in person by, by John Textor and the Leon leadership. So, you know, while I would love to share Andy's optimism about Janino sort of coming back and potentially saving the club with some some acquisitions from Brazil. Few players are going to look at the situation at Leon, not just the situation in the table, but the situation in and around the squad and even be tempted to to get involved in that. It's, you know, it's turned toxic, uh, you know, and I feel that despite having that money available, you know, quite a few players are going to are going to turn them away and that risks them potentially flooding the squad with subpar talent in a team that is, I'm not going to say is doomed to league dirt just yet, but it's not far off. For the record, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> and for the record, it's time for us to make a swift exit because that's about it for this edition of Ask OTC. Thank you for listening. And you can find Jonathan on Twitter at John underscore Le Gossip. It's called X Next now. Week... Sorry? It's called X now. <laughs> Well, actually, as you know, it's still called Twitter, a.k.a. X, not the other way around. But thank you for that update. Next week, Andy and I will be joined by Lars Severston. If you'd like to ask a question, you can contact us at any time at Radio Dotson, at Andy Brassel, and at OTC Pod, or you can email us otc at footballramble.com. Merci, Monsieur Musk. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.